Speaking of play calling, let's go get his thoughts on Michigan's fill-in head coach and assistants and the rotation for three games without Harbaugh. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s, co-host on the Michigan football podcast with Chris Ballas at thewolverine.com. He's standing by on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. How you doing, my man? Hey, Bill. Good to hear from you. Uh, so you watch game one. Uh, what were you expecting? What unfolded? And what did you take away from the Wolverine win? Well, certainly expecting a big win, which we got and we saw. I was expecting a little more effectiveness out of an offensive line on the ground game there. But in hindsight, knowing that we're rotating some tackles in there, and you got a new center in there, and it's a brand new year, and Game speed is not practice speed, no matter what anybody says. It was a little clunky, so I wasn't all that you know, I wasn't all that surprised at the end of the game. I, I, I absolutely expect that to get dramatically better here in the next couple of weeks, considering the steadiness, especially of the interior of the line. And even though they moved Barnhart over to left tackle, Trent A. Jones has played a lot of ta- uh, time at right tackle. So as they figure out the final rotation here in the next couple of weeks, uh, I think that'll all smooth out. The running game will improve, and we won't have Corum and Edwards dodging guys at the line of scrimmage, having to make cuts when they're not supposed to be making cuts. Um, I think as a group, uh, the pass protection and the running game uh, blocking was all right and average. And I say those words with due respect to this, this offensive line, keeping in mind that they're expected to be one of the best in the country. So that's why getting just an average score for week one. And the fact that their offensive line coach wasn't there on the sideline with them, I think the other guys that were helping that group and then coaching that offensive line did a nice job, but it's it's got to be difficult when your guy, your coach, that these guys like so much and like to play for was not there. So I'm not too freaked out about that. The other thing that, that sticks out about the game, Bill, that we'll look back on is clearly we have a stud at quarterback. This kid can play. This kid can move. He keeps his eyes downfield. He can throw the football really well. And Roman Wilson obviously picked up where he left off last year, and so did Johnson. And so uh, the, the, the downfield passing game that we were hoping to see and talked about when we were over there at Tullymore certainly showed flashes in week one. Doug Skeen, part of the Wolverine.com Michigan football podcast with Chris Ballas, former Wolverine O-lineman, joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee I guess on yeah, I thought uh, JJ. Wow, uh, just amazing accuracy uh, has improved. I think they, you know, when you're going to pile eight guys in the box, if I'm East Carolina, you know, they're looking at the last time JJ played. It really wasn't his arm; it was his mistakes. And if you're going to think you're going to go in and be in the game, and you're a 36 point underdog, I load up the box. You got two guys coming off of injuries with Edwards and Corum, and I make JJ beat me, and that's basically what he did. And that's exactly what happened. And for us fans, that we're hoping to see the, the next progression and the advancement of the Michigan passing attack. We got what we wanted. And I think there's more to come. Clearly, we've got a superstar in the making there and a couple players out there. And I would also mention that tight end, Loveland. This kid can catch the football. You throw him near his direction, he's going to catch it. And he's still a young guy. He's only a sophomore, Bill. So there's... There's weapons on this offense, and I don't I don't have any concerns that Corum and Edwards are going to get going here. And uh, when this offensive line solidifies itself and gets the you know the hundreds of game reps that are, that an offensive line needs to really get going, so 
In the next few weeks, we'll see that. And then if we continue to see this advancement uh, in this passing game, then now we're talking about Michigan being able to do the things in the playoff season. I know it's a long way away, but this is the kind of stuff we talked about all offseason that Michigan's going to have to do to compete with a big, big trophy. Doug, was there anything you saw where it really might be better week two? You mentioned the line, but individual play or players where you're like, okay, I saw I saw this coming, maybe just scratching the surface. Week two, uh, I could see more. Any of those names have popped out uh, to you from that game on the Michigan side? Well, I think that there's two players, you know, and of course I watch offensive line a lot. I think our new center in there, Nugent, to be fair, he's not old with Timmy from a year ago. He doesn't have the physical tools, but I think you know the the, the quality of football that that young man has played uh, before getting to Michigan is going to be a better reflection going forward than maybe what we saw on Saturday against East Carolina. And then the big Hinton kid there that came in and played at right tackle, he got bent at the waist a couple times and gave up a few pressures and pass protection. I read his comments after the game. He knows he's better than that. He's played better than that in practice. It sounds like he maybe just got caught up in the moment of being out there at Michigan Stadium in front of everybody in a live atmosphere. It is different. It is a little overwhelming at first. And so we're not going to kill any of these guys for their performance, but they probably should have been better than they were, and I think they will be better than what they were on Saturday. And I think when you look at the coaches' poll, Michigan stays at number two. Uh, a lot of fans... I think they wanted to see 60 to nothing. Also, with the age of sports betting, when your team doesn't cover the point spread, I think there's some backhanded angst uh, towards your squad when it looked like they were going to cover it. So a lot of variables. And when you don't have your head coach, you have a different guy in the sidelines. You don't have a position coach like you mentioned with the O-line. It's a different feel. And football is all about routines. Well, it's about routines, Bill, and when you're in that locker room, the coaching staff is included in, in, in you know your mentality as you take the field. Even in home games, when not everybody's there and all the familiar faces that you've been training with since January and working with toward these moments on Saturdays, and your head coach is missing, and your offensive line coach is missing, and your tight end coach is missing, and you got these shuffling things going on, I would imagine that it can be a distraction, but I think with those things considered, this group and this team handled it just fine. And they went out and took care of business, but maybe the betters aren't too happy about the way the final score ended up. But as a fan and as a former player, nothing happened on Saturday that makes me really, really worried. I just look at it and go, yeah, you know, week one, uh, you know, the opponent is who who we kind of thought they were. Michigan took care of business, but there's certainly – with some positive stuff out there when you start talking about, you know, obviously the quarterback and some other stuff that happened. And we just kind of expect that all this other great Michigan football talent that we have on this field is only going to get better as in, in, in the few short weeks ahead. Doug Skeen, former Michigan offensive lineman, five-time Big Ten champion, late 80s, early 90s. Also a co-host with Chris Ballas on the Wolverine.com Michigan football podcast, the post Week one edition is up right now at thewolverine.com. And let's remember this, like last year when we were complaining, and actually the quarterback change was happening. Uh, He's not showing a lot. They're not doing anything. Well, he's not going to show the playbook. Uh, You have games that you know you're going to win in East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. Maybe even Rutgers, who hammered Northwestern, who looks like they've quit on the school. 
Uh, so I'm trying to figure out, you know, before you get to your big boy games, why show anything right now in week one? Well, Bill, and I'm glad you brought that up. Alex and I talked about that is, is one of the things that I think should temper everybody's, you know, maybe concern about what didn't happen on Saturday. If I'm the coaching staff and Coach Harbaugh working with his staff to cover this game here, you do, you, we didn't need to run the entire offense. Uh, it looked like a lot of base stuff to me, some pretty standard vanilla attack out there, and that goes on the defensive side of the ball, too. I didn't see any exotic blitzes or any kind of hidden stuff and playing games on the edge to bring heat off the edge or anything like that. I saw some twists out of the Michigan defensive line. I saw a lot of one-on-one, and that's fully expected when you look at the roster that you're playing against and you watch their film and you know what kind of experience they have, and you, you line up your team against their team and you say, okay, fellas, we're going in with about you know a fraction of our playbook on both sides, and we're going to see how good we are at executing the fundamentals. And if that's the case, which I think it is, then the final score was probably a pretty good reflection of what we wanted to see. Doug Skeen, always a reflection of what we want to see in a broadcaster, a player, and a golfer. He's a legend, a living icon when it comes to any 18-hole layout, any football field, Doug. I appreciate the conversation. Enjoy week two, and I look forward to the next time we talk. All right, Bill. Thank you, man. Go Blue.